0: Yeah, yeah. When, when I'm teaching these social media classes, that's kind of what I'm telling everyone about spending money on marketing because every agent is terrified of doing that. But I just one lesson from marketing in college that just stuck with me over the years is, hey, if I could sell you a $5 bill for a dollar, how many would you buy? And so by marketing, you have your own printing press because this year we, for every $20 we spent or every $3 we spent, we made $20. And so why would I limit that? And so I tell every agent, you need to spend money to make money and do the 10%. If you do 10% of your GCI, you're going to get bigger and faster than you can ever imagine in this business, but you actually got to do it.
1: This is the Platform Marketing Show, where we interview the most creative and ambitious real estate agents in the country, dissect their local marketing strategy, and get the -the behind-the-scenes scoop on how they're generating listing leads and warm referrals. We'll dive into the specifics of what marketing campaigns are working for them, how much they're spending on those campaigns, and figure out how they have perfected what we call the platform marketing strategy. This is your host, Tim Shermack. I'm the founder and CEO of Platform. I love marketing, and I talk too much. So let's dive in. Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of the platform marketing show. I'm here today with Patrick Chamberlain. Uh, Patrick is a realtor near Tucson, Arizona. Uh, Patrick, what is the population of of the Tucson area just in general?
0: The metro is right around a million.
1: A million people. okay, cool. that's I did actually did not realize that Tucson was was that big. So Patrick signed up for a platform and started this platform strategy back in 2018, I believe towards, towards the end of 2018. So at the time that we are recording this episode, it's now January of 2022. I'm still kind of in that zone where I'm not used to saying 2022. So I have to like stop for a split second and think about it because I want to say 2021 still, but we're in 2022, right? So it'll be what four years at the end of this year that you've been with platform. So it's been over three years already. That's uh that's crazy. So Patrick, uh, was in new, uh, new home sales, uh, before he became kind of a full blown across the board, residential realtor. Um, Patrick, what did your business, let's just, let's just get right into this. Yeah. What, what did your business look like before you started the platform strategy yeah, versus, so, um, versus where platform- are things now oh,
0: versus now? Um, so, yeah, so I joined platform about seven months into my real estate career, the residential side of it. Uh, so during those seven months, I sold about four houses for about 800000
1: Okay, and uh, prior to that, now you were in new home sales. So like you understood what it was like selling homes. You were just on the new build side, right?
0: Yeah, correct. I was selling four or five houses a month, but they were all just spoon-fed to me.
1: Sure, sure. So you did that for, you said, six, six years? Yeah, six years. Okay, so you you had pretty solid solid experience selling new homes. Then you went into just being you know a full blown residential realtor. You sold, uh, you say six six houses. Is that what you said? Four houses. Four houses for eight hundred thousand dollars. Yep. So way back when you were you know selling homes in like the two hundred thousand dollar price point, um, which now is like an endangered species in the United States of America. But you sold four houses and then you kind of discovered the platform strategy what has happened in your business since again we're recording this episode just in case someone's listening to this like you know years from now this episode is being recorded in january of 2022 so this is uh you know three some years after patrick started the platform strategy what does your business look like right now
0: so right now so since it's january talk about what we just completed last year of 2021 um I I, I grew a team and then our team did 16 million in sales and 56 um, units.
1: That's awesome. How, how big is your team? Like, is that, is that 56 sides? Is that spread out over 10 people or five people or two people or?
0: So my team is, I have a transaction coordinator, me and then two sales agents.
1: Okay, cool. So it's really you and two agents. So that's pretty impressive that You've grown that to over over 50 deals. How much of the 50 was was your own production?
0: Uh, I did almost 12 million and 38 units.
1: Okay, that's awesome. So really if we if we focus to just
0: you Me individually? Yeah, yeah,
1: you've grown from selling <laughs> four four homes for 800,000 to getting to the 12 million level of production in the last in the last three years. And then obviously now your team is starting to produce on top of that. Like that's really cool, man. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. What, what were you doing for marketing in your business before you kind of stumbled upon the platform strategy?
0: Yeah, I did what every real estate agent did go directly to Zillow.
1: Okay. You were just buying leads from Zillow.
0: I was just throwing money at it. I knew I studied marketing in college. So I understood marketing and spending money. Um, so I knew I had to spend money to make my business grow. My problem was I just didn't know where or how to spend it. So Zillow was the the big player in real estate, and so that's where I put my money. And made my son a six month contract. And then after the six months was up, I was like, "Get me out of here!" And now I gotta find
1: somewhere else for my money. So you started you started the platform strategy in late 2018. If you remember patrick what did your business look like for 2019 like that because that would have been the first full year with platform were you one of those agents where uh you know just things absolutely blew up in your first 90 days of platform and you got a ton of leads and closings or did it take six months or a year to finally start seeing results like how like here's here's my question how long did it actually take you to see results, like real results of platform. I'm not saying like when you got your first closing, right? But like real results where you kind of knew like, okay, cool. I made the right decision here. Like I just got a bunch of closings. It's paid for itself. And now I really deep down know that I made the right decision starting platform versus maybe you get that one closing and it's a little bit of confirmation bias of, oh, okay, cool. This wasn't the dumbest decision I ever made. At least it, at least it paid for itself. How long did it take you to really know, like, oh, man, this is really working?
0: So it took me over, I think, about six months to get my first platform lead under, under the close. Um, but then that's kind of when the floodgates opened. Um, I would say I think that in 2019, I did six or seven platform deals that closed. And so the first six, seven months of that was one. And then the rest of that year was the rest of them. And so kind of between six and 12 months is really when the floodgates open with the platform leads actually getting to that point where they're ready to close and purchase a home.
1: So, yeah. So you, you would say then that maybe around the six-month mark, you didn't even break even, but you got that first closing. But the real ROI started to kick in in months six through 12. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah okay so that was basically your your year of 2019 do you remember off the top of your head just generally what your GCI was in 2019
0: I did like three and a half million that year so right around a hundred thousand probably
1: okay so I mean like that's actually still pretty impressive going from under a million um, in 18 to almost almost four you know like because I mean sometimes it's 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 easy to take for granted that like even if you're doing about four million, a year, you're probably in the top, like 10% of realtors. Cause most realtors are making six figures. Yeah. Right. Six like six most, most realtors year. are not selling like nationwide, the average, right. They're not selling $4 million a year. I'm not sure what the actual stat is, but I definitely know the average is not 4 million. So you already were doing pretty well in 2019. And then this has become a theme of recent podcast episodes. And then the COVID pandemic hit, right? So most people would expect that your business takes a huge hit. Things slow down, you know, maybe you even like in 2020, maybe you even like regressed. Did things go backward? What happened to your business in 2020? Because that would have been like the, because that would have been the second full year of platform, right?
0: Yeah. The second full year of platform, uh, the pandemic hit, uh, we stayed open in Arizona because we're pretty conservative here. Um, but I did 20 deals, I think for about 5 million
1: that year. Okay. So your business still- but still increased. Yeah, so it's, could it's still good. So basically in your first two years with Platform, you went from selling under a million dollars in volume to over 5 million in your second full year. Yes. Yep. That's awesome. And again, in the middle of of a lockdown, pandemic, crazy year where the world just went insane for- you know, well, not just 12 months, but really a couple of years. So what, what happened then in 2021? Like, where did you end up in 2021? Which would have been your third, third full year?
0: So, yeah, so it was actually kind of interesting at the end of 2020. I don't know if it was a burnout or what I was going through, but I actually had zero closings in December of 2020, zero closings, January of 2021, and zero closings in February of 2021. Oh, that's fun. And so it was working great until it wasn't. And just from like the understanding of marketing and branding and building everything, I knew it wasn't that, that my marketing that wasn't working. It was me. And so I had to do a huge like self-check, find out what I was doing wrong. And then not only did I fix what I was doing wrong, but then it just amplified me to dive deeper into it. And I think that was kind of the reason why 2021 was such a good year for me was because of that pivot at the beginning of the year. Uh, So 2021, I ended up doing personally 12 million. I grew my team in 2021. So we did 16 million. So from 700,000, 800,000 before platform to 16 million
1: uh, in one year. Yeah. And in terms of like your just personal production, you went from, yeah, 800,000 to 12 million inside yeah. inside of 3 years that is And now not really only impressive. did I sell more last year
0: but because I grew my team I was able to spend more time with family because we did actually expect we had our first child in 2021 as well
1: Oh congratulations that's super yeah. cool so that gave you like a little bit of time leverage and scale yeah. and um well that's incredible so when you when you look at what most realtors are doing with their marketing, or maybe just looking back at your year of 2021. Let's dive into the specifics of that of of, uh, of that challenge that you overcame. What did you find that you were doing or not doing where you kind of had that gut check in January of 2021, and you're like, okay, like, there's been no closings. What am I doing wrong? Like, what needs to change? What, what was it when you looked at your uh, check engine light? What was wrong? Like, why weren't you getting... Getting closings Because I think anyone would probably freak out if you've been using a marketing strategy at that point for like two full years and it, you've seen it grow your business from zero to, you know, three million to five million. And now all of a sudden you're starting to taste that success and you're like, wow, cool. Like my career is really starting to take off. And then you have not one, not two, but three months in a row, <laughs> zero closings. Yeah. I would, Im- I would imagine you're starting to think like, maybe that was luck, <laughs> you know, right. like what, m- yeah. like, what if, what if it was luck and I'm actually not as good as I think I am. When you looked at that kind of like check engine light of your career, what did you find that you weren't doing or what did you change that got things turned around? Cause clearly we kind of cheated ahead to the end of the story, right? You ended, right. you ended 2021 with like 12 million dollars just of personal production. So clearly you figured that out and 2021 was actually an incredibly prosperous year for you. What was it when you looked back and kind of had that dark night of the soul, you know, that you looked like okay, here's what I need to change. What was that?
0: Uh it was probably the fact that I got comfortable. And when I got comfortable, I got lazy and excuses started coming in. And so uh, I wasn't spending as much time doing my follow-up because I just, you know, I have enough deals in, in, in the backlog and I'm right. going to be fine. And right. um, I don't need to go shoot those videos or make these ads because I have enough running right now. It's fine. Um, And so that's kind of what I found the problem to be. Um, and I figured that if that's the problem, it's pretty easy to fix that. You just go make videos and you do the follow-up and then I I started doing that. And then I really started doing it. And then we really started seeing the results.
1: Yeah. I think that's, I think that's so valuable to hear that so often it just comes back to the fundamentals, right? Even someone yeah. like you who at that point, like, even if Patrick, even if you never grew your business beyond 5 million, you would still be considered an incredible success story using platform because you went from under 1 million to over 5 million. Right. So it's yeah. like, Basically, even at that point, it had, like, quadrupled your business. So, like, you were already successful, and even at that point, you kind of realize, like, wait, I'm starting to get, you know, lazy on this. I am not doing my follow-up with leads. I'm not filming as many new videos. I'm not, you know, I'm not creating the content the platform's asking me to create. And you obviously self-corrected, you got it done, and then your business just absolutely blew up in uh, um, in 2021. So even people who are multiple years in, who are already successful, still have to stay vigilant on the basics, on the fundamentals, right? Because, um, you know, often we think when we get to a certain point in our businesses that it's because we're just more advanced or that we're so much wiser or we have more nuance than the newbies, you know, that are just getting started. And honestly, even when I look back, in my business career, you know, in investing in platform and growing platform, it's not even necessarily that I know so much more now that I've, you know, accumulated so much more knowledge than I had seven years ago, eight years ago when we started platform, you know, and I probably have, right. But it's yeah. when we really started growing, it's because we just consistently did the things that we know work, you yeah. know, and that's, following up with leads, right. And creating content. So people that are on your retargeting list and your database keep seeing you and they're not seeing the same ads over and over and over again. So speaking of the ads, you know, in the, in the context of this, of this idea of the platform strategy, what have been like one or two of your favorite ads that you've run? Like when you look back on the, you know, last three some years that you've been working with platform, what have been some of your favorite videos, or they could be photo ads, maybe some photo retargeting ads that just got a ton of engagement where you know that those were resonating with your sphere because people actually told you in real life, oh, I loved, you know, such and such video, or I love seeing that that post you made on, you know, Facebook, or I saw it on Instagram or whatever. Are there any that stick out to you that you just know that they were really effective?
0: Yeah. Um, so probably the best two ads that we've ran, um, I'm gonna say it the, uh, the God, God loves a small businessman, but everyone says that. Sure, so sure, sure. I'm going to put that one to the side cause that was a great ad. But, um, our, one of our best ads is a uh, top five videos that we do. Okay. Uh, so it's like the top five tacos in Tucson or the top five coffee places. Um, so we're trying to do those once a month and those always get great, um, uh, engagements. We actually have some businesses reach out to us and say, Hey, how do I find my way onto this list? You missed us or people commenting saying, that's that's a horrible taco. Yeah, right? you gotta go yeah, to this place yeah yeah, yeah yeah what yep. are you
1: thinking I, yeah. I I always love any sort of ranked you know top three or top five video because it kind of just creates controversy like in a good way right it creates controversy because if if it's a top three tacos and someone doesn't see their favorite taco place on there they will comment holy hell like why why didn't you include such and such taco truck or such and such place on this list and then that just gives the ad more engagement so more people see it so it starts organically popping up in more people's you know news feeds the more engagement it gets right so i love those
0: it just creates more content because then where are you going to have lunch the next day yeah exactly taco place you can take a picture of eating a taco just to make that one guy happy
1: yep yep and like it kind of the ad campaign like takes on a life of its own. So, I mean, there's almost just an infinite possibility for different ways you can leverage um, leverage that model, right, of a top three or top five, um, you know, ad, whether, like you said, taco places, coffee shops, burgers and shakes, yeah. pastries. We, we have a list
0: of 16 or 17 just on a brainstorm session that we're just slowly making our way through.
1: Yep, 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 ab- yep absolutely. Even one video I think more agents should do so for uh, for a platform agents that are listening to this, here's just a, a free idea for you is top three favorite neighborhoods, but you like, it's not all just the same neighborhood. So like the, it's your, your top three favorites. So you're saying, Hey, these are my personal favorites. I'm not saying these are the best neighborhoods, but these are my favorites. But each one is like, here's my favorite luxury neighborhood in Tucson. That's one of them. Here's my favorite you know, a uh, first time home buyer or best value neighborhoods. So that's the one where, you know, f- that you can get in a great neighborhood for still a reasonable price point. Right. Um, and then the third one can be like the best condo area or HOA, or, you know, you can pick what you want for that third one. But the point is the, the top three neighborhoods, but they're all different categories. So it's like, if this is what you're looking for, here's my favorite. If this is what you're looking for, here's my favorite. Or if this is what you're looking for, here's my favorite. Right? Uh, those get tons of engagement as well for the same reasons people love commenting how did you not include you know this one on your list or oh i'm hey patrick i'm interested what you think of this neighborhood right and then boom you're gonna go film a video at that one and post it next week to you know to make sure that that person knows that you're responsive right and but as as an agent obviously it shows your expertise if you can profile different neighborhoods um and those those videos get tons of engagement for all the reasons uh that we just said so um awesome. Have you have you had videos, Patrick, that or again, videos or photos that people were mentioning to you in real life? Like, oh, I loved such and such ad.
0: Um, I had the one we ran an ad. Um, I've actually ran it a couple of times as so evergreen, but it's like the, here are the five or six reasons not to use me as your agent.
1: Oh, sure. And sure. so it
0: kind of just plays on the psychological fact that everyone's trying to convince you to use them and now you're hitting them with the other end of it saying. If you want someone who's pushy, don't use me. And so people came up to me and were just like, that was so clever. And that's I don't want an agent like that. So I called you and and things like that. And so those are just fun ads that just go against what people expect to see on Facebook from a real estate agent.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a pattern interrupt where they weren't really necessarily expecting um, that that to be the headline of the ad or the narrative of that ad. So since, since your business has blown up, I know that one thing that's been cool is that you've kind of almost been asked to share or teach social media marketing classes at your brokerage because the agents around you started to take notice that like, hey, this new dude, Patrick, you know, sold less than a million bucks his first year. And now all of a sudden you sold three, then five, then 12 million in personal production, you know, plus you built a team that produced on top of that. And so... You know, perhaps not surprisingly, other agents at your brokerage have been seeing that growth, and they're like, "Uh, hey, clearly you're really, really using social media really well," and they've started asking you to teach them about social media and about marketing strategies. What has that looked like? And I mean, were, were they classes you were teaching, or how did that come about?
0: So I started teaching classes here at our brokerage here in Tucson, but it's a national brokerage, and during COVID. Um, our, our national brokerage, uh, realized that social media is kind of the way it's going right now. And national United real estate reached out to me and asked me to do a zoom call for all the agents across the United States at United to join in and kind of see what I'm doing with uh, social media and what they can do to implement it. Uh, So that's that's kind of how that took off. And I mean, it's kind of fun to just get recognized for, for teaching social media or being able, being good at social media. Um, literally right before I was coming in here to do the Zoom call or this, uh, this podcast is that someone could, hey, Patrick, love your videos. I was literally Facebook stalking you today. Was just like,
1: <laughs> yeah, cool, yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> and that, like, that's just proof that the ads are working when you get that fuzzy ROI where it's not even necessarily a lead that came in, right, in your CRM. But when people are telling you that they're looking you up because they've been experiencing your marketing, you know, like yeah. that's when you really know that the marketing is working, right? Is when people are actually telling you, uh, telling you in real life. So, what does your ads budget look like, Patrick? Because obviously, you've had this massive growth, but I know a ton of people listening to this are probably thinking, "But yeah, is you spending five grand a month on ads or ten thousand dollars a month on ads, or is it mostly advertising?" that you're doing with, you know, platform with, you know, Facebook and Instagram ads? Do you have a bunch of billboards in the Tucson area? Are you sending out a ton of direct mail? Or what is the total marketing spend for you look like on a monthly basis that's been driving all of this business growth?
0: 90% of my marketing is just through platform, just through the social media ads and ad content there. Um, We put away 10% of our GCI for our marketing. Um, So, it it used to be a little bit higher um, just because we weren't where we were, where we wanted to be yet. Um, But as that kind of grew and grew and grew, we kind of settled in about 10% and just left it there. And so um, as we get bigger and bigger, as our GCI increases, our ad spend is just going to naturally increase as well. And just kind of snowball on top of it and just get more and more results, which drives drives more GCI, which drives more marketing and just, you know, that Warren Buffett snowball. Um, I, I,
1: I really like that um, that model kind of philosophically of, hey, let's, bas- let's uh, basically tithe back to our marketing budget where 10% of everything we make is just kind of taken off the table and that goes back into marketing, right? Because so many agents, like, when they're first getting started, right, they might have $200 a month for marketing or $300 a month for marketing. And it's like, no more than that, right? And they're not realizing that you have to, invest massively into building your brand and generating leads and retargeting and all that, you know, if you ever want to make enough money to where you have a larger marketing budget, like having a larger marketing budget is the effect of having the courage to spend money on marketing technically before you have it, right? Your your business is not just going to spontaneously grow and hey, someday I'll I'll really have the money to invest in marketing and then I will. But I first got to just get to my business to the point where I can justify spending it. It's like, well, if that's your attitude, you'll probably never get to that point where you have enough GCI to quote unquote justify spending money on marketing. Right. You have to spend the money yeah. before you can technically justify it if you ever want to get to that point. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah.
0: when when I'm teaching these social media classes, that's kind of what I'm telling everyone about spending money on marketing because every agent is terrified of doing that by just one lesson from marketing in college that just stuck with me over the years is, hey, if I could sell you a $5 bill for a dollar, how many would you buy? And so by marketing, you have your own printing press. Because this year, we, for every $20 we spent, or every $3 we spent, we made $20. And so why would I limit that? And so I tell every agent, you need to spend money to make money. And do the 10%. If you do 10% of your GCI, you're going to get bigger and faster than you can ever imagine in this business, but you actually got to do it.
1: So you can, you've actually kept a spreadsheet. I know this, this is one thing that um, Andrew Madsen told me, and Andrew Madsen is the marketing manager um, at platform who works with Patrick. So Madsen hops on, you know, weekly phone calls with Patrick where they discuss their ad strategy and he kind of manages all the ads for Patrick and his team behind the scenes Um, And he mentioned to me that you have a pretty detailed spreadsheet that tracks where the leads are coming from, where you can attribute all these closings to, and that you look at your platform strategy and from a statistical perspective, every dollar you're spending with marketing on the platform strategy is creating almost a seven times return where it's like you you spend a dollar, you get seven back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What, What gets managed gets measured. And so I'm a super analytical guy. So I have an Excel sheet for everything. I probably have seven up, open right now <laughs> yeah, on my computer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we figured out last year for every, we made 20 bucks for every three. So we would be 6.5 next to it. Yeah, and so for this incredible. year, we essentially just, we put our goal out there for whatever our GCI was gonna be. And then we divided it and said, hey, that's our marketing budget.
1: Yep, just reverse engineer it. Yep. That's that's awesome. I mean, if if more agents knew that a strategy like this existed and I'm like, I don't want to hint at it, right? Like we're obviously talking about the platform strategy. If you knew that you could get a five to one ROI or a six to one or 6.5 ROI, like for every dollar you spend, $6 and 50 cents are coming back to you. Or maybe to put it in terms that are a little bit more like real life, right? Cause no one literally spends a dollar on marketing and then gets Six dollars yeah. and fifty cents back. Like usually, usually, what it looks like over the course of a year is you might spend twenty thousand dollars on marketing. And let me just type this in and yeah, see what made that is. Yeah, twenty thousand dollars times six point five. Well, yeah, apparently you are better at math than me because I had to type that into a calculator. That's one hundred thirty thousand dollars. So imagine if every year. You spent $20,000 on your advertising, but you knew like even that might sound like a lot or feel like a lot. And because $20,000 on marketing like emotionally conjures up the fear part of our brain, you know, where it's like fight or flight. And you're like, oh, my God, $20,000. If my wife finds out, she'll kill me type thing. That's more than my mortgage. Yeah, exactly. $20,000. It's like, well, all of a sudden that $20,000 relatively – is completely meaningless if it brought in a hundred thirty thousand dollars, right? I mean, I could even make the argument that it's like if you're not doing that, and now that you know that you can do that, and there is a strategy that allows you to have an ROI like that, it's actually costing you hundred ten thousand dollars a year if you're opportunity not opportunity cost. Yeah, if you're not spending yeah. that twenty thousand dollars, and so when you, I mean, when when you look back at at your at your career, like really the the big opportunity cost is like, man, I should have started doing this sooner, or I should have started investing more money in ads sooner because I think so many agents, especially those first couple of years, they're just kind of throwing a couple hundred bucks at marketing here and there. Maybe they'll do a super small newspaper ad or they'll boost a post on Facebook for twenty bucks or fifty bucks every now and then, you know, And if someone asks them, "Hey, how's your marketing going?" they'll you know, they'll say, "Oh, yeah, it's fine. you know I Definitely spend a little bit on marketing every month, but I'm still trying to find what works. And like at the end of the year, if you add everything up, it's like maybe they spent two or three thousand dollars. And it's like, well, it's 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 not surprising then that those agents are are struggling because you have on the other side people like you who very aggressively invested in building your brand and generating leads. And it's like, well, that's why you grew from less than a million in production to over 3 million to over 5 million to over 12 million. And now you have a team that you said did what, fif- 15 or 16 million? 16 million. Yeah. 16 million. And you're only in like your fourth year really as a full-time agent. It's not a coincidence that your business has grown that much and that you've so aggressively invested in marketing. Like those are not just a random coincidence and it's not just correlation. It's, causation right that your business has grown because this also happened overlapped onto like a pandemic crazy economy the world shut down for six months in 2020 and for much of 2021 a lot of things were still kind of shut down and people were fearful and afraid and all this and your business has grown throughout that right so imagine where your business will be patrick when the market returns to some level of normalcy, and obviously we're in a crazy, like once in a lifetime seller's market right now. where like inventory. I mean, homes for sale are like an endangered species, right? There is just no inventory on the market. There's more licensed realtors out there than there are homes for sale. So imagine how much your business is going to grow now that you've planted all these seeds and have a retargeting list of 10,000 plus people and thousands and thousands of people in your database imagine how much your business is going to grow when you can actually start finding homes for all these people. Because right now I'm, I'm assuming I haven't even asked you this, but I'm assuming you probably have a ton of buyers you are looking for where it's like, Hey, we just can't find them a house because there's nothing for sale, you know? Yeah, definitely. And yet you still managed to sell $12 million personally last year, despite that. Right. So
0: we're a heavy buyer too. Like we're probably 75%, 80% of our sales were buyers, not listings.
1: So yeah, I mean, so imagine where your business is going to be, dude, when the market, like I'm not saying it'll become a buyer's market, but if it even becomes just a little bit more balanced where it can still be a strong seller's market, but it'll be a strong, yeah, like a strong seller's market and not a once in a lifetime, you know, low inventory market. I was just telling, um, telling another realtor, uh, Beth Lynn, um in Georgia that it's like, you know, I am I'm like 30 years old and it's very possible, like I'm not making a prediction because obviously anything can happen, but it's very possible that if I live another 50 to 60 years to like the average American age, that we will never see a market with as low inventory as we have this last year. It might never happen again in the next 50, 60 years. Like that's how crazy. So I think people maybe don't realize the extent to which we're in a low inventory market, like this is not normal, right? If you've been a realtor for any less than 15 years, you don't even remember the last great recession and the mortgage meltdown in 07, 08, right? What we're going through right now with this, basically, there's just no homes for sale, right? This is not normal. So when things kind of thaw out and more inventory comes on the market and the builders can catch up and provide more, um, you know, new homes for sale and all the supply chains and timber from Canada comes down and all the building materials catch up, right? You are going to absolutely crush it. If you sold 12 million, you know, in the midst of all that, and you somehow figured out how to get it done, imagine what it'll be like when you have all your buyers and you can actually find them a home they're looking for at a price point they're willing to pay. Like, dude, you're probably going to be at 20, 30 million.
0: Yeah. And what's even exciting about that is just going back to that, that 10% of it is that as, as you grow, as, as things go well and your GCI increases, just the thought of having a fifty percent bigger marketing budget, and then the thought of just what that can do, and it's just—it's a big rabbit hole you can go down of excitement. But just gotta stay where you're at, and but yeah, it, it can be definitely exciting. Who
1: have who have been some of the most like inspiring or encouraging agents to you, Patrick, in the platform? Because now you know you've you've been in platform, you've been you know implementing this strategy for more than three years. I'm assuming you've gotten to meet a lot of the agents in in person uh how many how many masterminds have you attended now
0: three right yeah i started in san antonio minneapolis and naples so three
1: okay so you've been to three different platform masterminds so i'm assuming that you've met a lot of agents are there any that stand out are there two or three or four agents that when i ask the question of like who are the most influential or encouraging agents to you who would you name off the top of your head? Yeah,
0: so definitely be the Rimmies. Um, just how they build their how they built their business is kind of what I'm modeling mine after. Um, Justin Liller, um, you got uh, Shane and Aaron in Phoenix, just because they're right up there. I see them often and talk to them often. And Angela up in um, in Boise, I'm trying to figure out how she got all those listings this year. Because as I said earlier, I'm light on listings, so I'm talking to Angela, trying to be more creative actually talked to her a couple of days ago and helped me with a creative idea
1: so yeah angela is absolutely killing it um i actually spent a couple of days um at her house with her her and justin uh last last summer because we were up in boise uh training actually a new platform employee so we just figured hey let's take a summer road trip drive up there because our new employee um lives in the boise area and uh, it was, it was actually someone that angela had helped buy a house so mm-hmm. it was one of angela's clients and we hired them Um, we hired them for platform, um, to, to, uh, to uh, join our team. So we drove out there, me and my wife, Bella. And when Angela found out we were going out there, you know, she was like, Oh yeah, cool. You can stay at our house. So I got to actually hang out with Angela for a couple days. And while, uh, you know, Bella was doing the training with the new employee, I kind of just hung out with Angela for a couple days. We filmed some videos, launched a bunch of ads together. And like, she's absolutely killing it, dude. Like I think her, her GCI is going to be, I think it was like close to 300 last year and like who knows yeah. what it'll be this year because she's in that same kind of deal where yeah, she got some listings but she's also like there's tons of buyers that she could have helped but just you can't always find a house for them when we're in this low inventory market. So I mean like I, it wouldn't surprise me if she cracks $500,000 in GCI at some point in the next couple of years when things kind of normalize um, yeah. a little bit but she is she is really good at putting that like Create that extra element, right, of creativity into videos, where it's like, hey, I'm not just gonna film a boring walkthrough video tour. I'm gonna find some way to make this a creative video that people comment on and share, and you know, like, have yeah, fun it's not it. like
0: platform tells me I gotta do a listing video, so I'm just gonna go through the motions and just talk about this house. And she actually like puts in effort, makes it interesting, and then I'm sure listing uh, sellers call her and say, hey, I want you to do something interesting for my house. And so I'm sure that snowballed for her. So
1: Yep, yep. Yeah. So when you when you look across like the rest of the videos or content that people in the platform have done, whether it came from the Remy's or Justin Lillard or Angela or, you know, whomever, right? Are there any ads that you've seen other agents do or videos where you like remembered and you're like, oh, damn, like that one was really good. I have to do that. Like, are there any videos or ads that other people have done that that inspired you that you like remember? Man,
0: I steal so many ads from platformers that I almost feel guilty. I, I follow everybody. <laughs> I go through their pages, and someone has a good idea, and I said, "I'm stealing that one." Hey, Andrew, I'm sending you a picture. Here's the link to so and so's page. This is this is the ad we're doing. Uh, I think recently I just ripped one off of or borrowed stole um, from. Um, was was
1: inspired they- by.
0: <laughs> inspired by. There you go. Um, um, oh man, what's his name in uh, Lincoln or in Nebraska? Uh,
1: Bill Catlett.
0: Bill Catlett. He had he had a buyer who, a seller that was going to sell his house. And he said, don't sell it. And he has this sold sign in a trash can. And I was like, totally relatable. Shot a picture, similar, but different. I told Andrew to run it and it's it's doing great. People are like, I'm so happy that i found you as a real estate agent. You're honest and you're trustworthy and all that stuff. And it's going, it's doing pretty good.
1: Yeah bill catlett is one of my all-time just favorite people whether he was even a platform realtor or not like he's a super cool dude once you get to know him he uh he used to tour the country actually in a band um yeah. and he's like super musical he does some some like music videos where he actually writes custom songs for some of the listings and then actually plays instruments and in the songs and sings and records it in like an actual professional recording studio but he's just a super genuine guy he's a He's a cool dude. So yeah, I think that's actually one of my favorite elements of of the platform business model is that because we only work with one agent per market, when someone comes out with a new idea, it's like open season. It's like, yeah, cool. Like copy that idea, like implement it in your market because that's kind of the whole point of platform only working with one realtor per market is that if someone in Phoenix has like a super creative idea for for a retargeting video or for an ad like cool copy it and do it in tucson because there's no one who's your competition who's going to be doing that ad in tucson right or if someone in st louis or the remys are in uh in a mckinney texas or angela's up in treasure valley idaho i mean like people across the country it's like if you see anyone who has a good idea it's like cool copy it and kind of make it your own and make it relevant for your market and then you run the ad and you don't have to feel bad about it. Cause that's kind of the whole point of the platform family, right? Is it's this yeah. collective marketing brain.
0: No one in your audience, no one in your audience is going to know. And, and it's not going to have any negative effect on the agent that you stole it from. And so it's just everyone helping each other, helping each other.
1: Yeah. Cause in the future, like you will probably come up at some point with some super cool original ad idea where you and Madsen are brainstorming and you just like strike gold. And you think of this awesome ad. And then other people will probably want to run that ad in their market too and customize it for them. So, I mean, eventually it all comes back and everyone, everyone is contributing. So Yeah. yeah, I think that is one of the most underrated parts of the platform experience is that it's not just the ads that you come up with for your market. It's like having access to basically the creativity. I think platform is at about 170 agents as of this recording. Maybe people are listening to it in the future and we have a little bit more than that, but Right now, as of this recording in January 2022, Platform has about 170 agents across the country that work with us. And so when you join Platform, like you're essentially getting access to the creativity of all those 170 agents. But because we're only working with you in your market, like you can run all the ads they come up with and just make it relevant for your market. Like there's no other marketing companies that do that because all the other ones, whether it's, you know, Y Lobo, Boomtown, Sync, or obviously Zillow, Realtor.com, like yeah, they're going to take as many clients as they possibly can. Like if you have a credit card and you can fog a mirror, they will let you sign up for their service. So they'll take 50 people in the Tucson market if there's 50 people that are willing to pay. Right. But yeah. obviously Patrick here is our only realtor that we work with in the Tucson area. And by the way, dude, like we get inquiries in Tucson like all the time. I don't know what it is. There's just some markets that seem to get more um, requests than other ones. So maybe it's actually that a lot of realtors are following your marketing and then they find out through the rabbit hole somehow that you're working with platform. But we actually get a lot of realtors who inquire about Tucson. So
0: I tell people when they ask me, like, do you work with someone that helps you with your social media? I'm like, oh, yeah, I work for platform. But tough. You know what? Because you ain't getting it. Yeah, so you can yeah, pull yeah. Them all you want to, but it's mine.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that may be it because we do get a lot of random people, uh, leads that are, you know, inquiring about Tucson. So so that's cool. Yeah. So what is your goal for 2022?
0: It may sound crazy, but our goal is 50 million for a team.
1: Wow. And you said you have, it's you and how many agents?
0: So right now it's me and two other agents. Um, okay. I have okay. a transaction coordinator. I hired a marketing coordinator, so I wouldn't say, give me excuses of not shooting videos. His sole job is to go out and shoot videos.
1: Oh, cool, cool.
0: Um, And then I just hired someone else. But uh, we also landed a pretty big uh, investor who's buying houses here in the Tucson area. So that's why the number's a little bit higher. But we found that investor probably through platform. So add that to the fuzzy ROI. (laughs) Yeah,
1: as I said, you said probably. So that immediately makes me think of this phrase, fuzzy ROI that we use a lot. Where, I mean, actually, Patrick, I'll just ask you, how would, how would you define fuzzy ROI? Like in your own experience in the last three plus years, you've been a platform. Like when I say, Hey, define fuzzy ROI, what does that mean to you?
0: Anything that comes from your brand, just straight and simple, just anything that you've done that probably created it. Did I get a referral? Yes. How did this referral kind of remember me? well, they probably see my Facebook stuff so they remember who I was because I didn't call them. I didn't send them emails. I didn't stop by like I should, as some agents say, but they still remember me two years later. So that's probably fuzzy ROI from Facebook.
1: So it's just people that see your ads enough that when they are ready to go and the time is right, it's like, oh, that's right. Well, I've always liked seeing Patrick Chamberlain's stuff on Instagram or on Facebook. I'm going to give yeah, him a call. Yeah, just staying top of mind. But yeah. even, even if you've never even talked to them.
0: yeah. Yeah, like people say, like, you know, like people always talk in my office about how they stay in touch with their past clients. My my client, my my transaction coordinator is also kind of our team manager, and he's like 65, 66, old, old school business. And he always tells me that you need to spend more time with your past clients. I'm like, yeah, maybe true, but it's working. So just make these ads. They see the ads, you stay top of mind, and they know your real estate agent, and they'll call you when they know somebody. It's a super non-aggressive, just laid back approach to handling your past clients.
1: Yeah. You know, I think, I think a lot of agents were taught in the last like 10 years specifically um, with like email autoresponders and drips, right? Like, cause those weren't really technically possible 15 years ago. There wasn't a lot of marketing companies that even, you know, had software that allowed you to do that. But about 10 years ago, all that changed and it really popped up where email drips and autoresponders became a thing. And so agents really, I mean, they frankly abused it like like every other industry did. I shouldn't say that real estate agents specifically abused it, but like all companies realized like, holy shit, we can email people every day and it'll basically be popping up in their inbox every day. And it was like, imagine if you could send direct mail that popped up in someone's physical mailbox and they got a letter from you every day. It's like, well, that would be super duper expensive because postage costs money. But yeah. they, they just kind of figured, well, email is free. So let's just email people all the time. And like I've even seen marketers give speeches where they call it like the 10 days of pain. Yes, and it's like, ever. you know, it's like 10 drips in a row or multiple, sometimes multiple emails a day for 10 days in a row. And what happened as a natural consequence of that is a lot of the email programs out there, whether it's, you know, Yahoo, Gmail, um, Outlook, I mean, basically all of them got their uh, spam filters became very, very fine tuned in the last two years to where, you know, you you have something with your uh, IP that's called a sender reputation, right? And if people aren't regularly opening your emails, but also replying to them. So that's another thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is factored into that sender reputation. Like if all that ever happens is someone open your opens your email, but then immediately deletes it, That hurts your sender reputation over time because if there's not actual conversations happening, in other words, it's not a real human who's emailing and you're getting into a conversation, those IPs eventually pick up on that and they realize like, oh, this is just marketing spam. Like no one's actually ever replying. There's not a human here. They're just blasting out marketing emails. And so eventually your emails will start going straight to people's spam, right, which would be the equivalent of like sending physical direct mail and the post office driver, even though you paid for it, just delivers it right into the garbage because <laughs> the person yeah. never even got a chance to see it, right? And yeah. so I think as as marketers, as real estate agents, we kind of just abused this privilege we had over the last 10 years of emailing too often. Um, but now we have a new opportunity and that's retargeting ads. Like retargeting ads are the new email. Mm, like staying top of mind never went away as a strategy. Like that never faded in importance. It's still just as, it's probably more important now than ever to stay top of mind with your leads because now people are being bombarded with so many advertisements on so many different new media channels, right? It's probably more important now than ever of staying top of mind, but you don't do that by sending out hundreds and hundreds of spam drip emails, you know, autoresponder emails. What you do is you run retargeting ads because when a retargeting ad, Pops up in someone's, you know, Insta or their Facebook newsfeed. If you do it right, you know, and this is kind of the whole point of the platform strategy is you make ads that don't look like ads. Because That's if right. that if that pops up in someone's newsfeed and it's so casual and it doesn't even necessarily have anything to do with you being a realtor or a new listing or something like that, but they don't even realize it's an ad, then by definition they don't realize they're being advertised to. So you 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 have this miracle of staying top of mind without annoying people, because with past email drips and email marketing, like there was a cost and a benefit, right? The benefit was you stayed top of mind for a split second when they saw that email in their inbox, but the cost was you annoyed them a little bit. Yeah. With,
0: I think that really changed the how our clients look at us as well, because not only did we abuse the system, and the system changed to push us towards that, is that everyone's BS radar is super high these days, and so. You have to be kind of fly under the radar with these ads that don't look like ads. I've had people think that we're Facebook friends because they saw my ads. They didn't know it was an ad. Yeah, and like so you're oh, like we're not Facebook friends. I'm like, no, we're not. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> you're not actually Facebook friends with them. They've just been seeing your posts so long from your business page. You know, um, what, what What's the name of your page? Uh, Patrick Chamberlain what?
0: Uh, so it's the uh, we do Continental Realty team. is Okay, Facebook
1: okay. But they, but they see you so much that they actually think it's me that, yeah, they actually think that your Facebook friends, when in reality, they've just been seeing a ton of your retargeting ad campaigns.
0: Yeah. Like one of, like, at least talking about these ads that don't look like ads, one of our best photo ads was a picture of me and my wife, when my wife was pregnant and we just said, Hey, what's your best parenting advice? What kind of ad from a real estate company is going to have that on there? Nothing about real estate, nothing. But we had like 111 comments and 25% engagement rate. and. I got things in the mail from people saying congratulations. And like, it was like definitely a good one. And oh, wow. I meant to bring that up earlier when you said, what's one of the best ads? Yeah,
1: yeah. So people are actually like sending you stuff and like actually giving real advice. And again, like that flies under people's bullshit radar because when that pops up, it would never even occur to them that that's technically a sponsored ad, right? Yeah. It, It just looks like a personal post maybe Patrick made on his Facebook profile. And if you do that enough consistently over time, people actually feel like they're getting to know you. And this seems to support my hypothesis because I'm actually going to release, um, not really a study, I guess, but I'll, I'll release a statistic next week in the PlatFam Facebook group that talks about, hey, one thing that a lot of people I've interviewed for the platform podcast have in common is how long they've been with platform. So I think people are like, oh man, like what's the what's the secret sauce? What are all these people doing? Cause obviously like when I interview someone on the platform marketing show, I'm not interviewing people that don't have incredible results, right? I'm obviously interviewing the most successful, amazing case studies where it's like really impressive business growth where your GCI grew by 100,000 or 200,000 plus, right? Where it's like really inspiring, right? Cause we want to shine a spotlight on those inspiring stories to, to encourage everyone to stick with it. Right. And so when I was looking back at it and I was trying to think like, what, what do all these people have in common? Right. Like, is there something that they're doing that other people aren't? And I just realized like, oh, it's now January of 2022 again, as we're recording this, but one thing almost everyone has in common that I've interviewed is they signed up for platform in like 2019 or 2018, in other words they've been with it for at least 2 years.
0: Like it goes back to that snowball I think. It's just the fact that 3 years in our snowballs are ginormous by now and so now you have you've cherry picked us just because how big our business has grown from that snowball.
1: I mean cuz there's 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 a ton of agents in the platform right now and there's probably many listening to this who are nodding their heads right now as they're hearing these words come out of my mouth that they've been with platform for 9 months or maybe even 14 months or something like that. And they've noticed some closings and, you know, some closings have trickled in that maybe they otherwise wouldn't have gotten, but their business hasn't really blown up yet. And so I'm talking to you specifically right now, if that describes you, that you're not doing anything wrong as, as long as you're filming your videos and you're following up with leads and you're creating new content every week, you're not doing anything wrong. If your business hasn't yet blown up, like what everyone has in common, who's been interviewed on the platform, you know, podcast, who has a, you know, an, an awesome success story is probably that they've just been doing it longer than you have. So they've rolled that snowball bigger than you've rolled it because they have an extra year of retargeting their their leads and building the database. So, of course, their business has grown more, right? Because, like, if I would have interviewed you in your very first year when you'd only been doing platform for 12 months, it would have been like, oh, cool. Well, yeah. you know, yeah, platform helped me grow from uh, 800,000 in volume to 3 point something million. And that's, like, still pretty impressive, right? But it's not like earth shattering, life changing. I grew from 800,000 to 3 million, but the second year is also still pretty impressive. You grew from that, you know, you grew from like 3 million to like 5 million. But in the third year, it was like, everything came together, converged into this like perfect storm of like, Hey, I went to 12 million in personal production.
0: What's interesting is, so it took me like six months to get that first real platform deal. But then once I started growing my team and I started giving platform leads to my team, I saw that six month again was that once I hired them, once they got to that six month spot, they're busier than busy right now, just because of that six months. And now I understand that whenever I get someone on to this lead program, is that six months is going to be when they're going to be going. It's just crazy how it keeps repeating. Uh, That was one of the fun things. I was at uh, Naples Mastermind, just meeting all these new people and just thinking like, Who's gonna stick it out for two years and be the top dog in the room in two years from now?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's actually yeah, something that do it. that's a uh, that's something that I talked about at the mastermind in my in my final talk at the most recent platform mastermind. Is you need to relearn the concept of time. Start to think of time as an ingredient and not a metric. Time is not a neutral metric where, like, we don't think of time as just a metric like we think of GCI as a metric or your production volume as a metric or the number of sides closed as a metric, right? Time is not this neutral metric of way just of measuring how long you've been doing something. Time is actually an active ingredient, right? Because if someone has been doing this for, you know, 18 months, let's say, they're going to have way better results than someone who's only been doing it for six months even if they spent the same amount of money as the person doing it in six months. Yeah. So like if if you took, let's say that in six months you spent $5,000 dollars on ads or something like that, right? Um, if you spread out that $5,000 dollars over 18 months, that's not ideal, obviously, because then you're not nearly spending enough money on ads if all that you spent on ads was five grand over 18 months. But I can almost guarantee you that the person who spread it out over 18 months, would have way better results than the person who spent five grand in six months only because they have an extra 12 months to see all the ROI roll in from those early investments. Right. So like time is, time is an ingredient. It's not just a metric.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with just the type of leads that we get with the platform strategy is the fact that all, most of our leads are four to six months out. Some of them are six to twelve months out, and so just naturally, as you get farther away from the starting point, more and more of the leads that opted in four, eight, twelve months ago are now ready to go.
1: The high hanging fruit starts falling. High
0: hanging fruit. The longer you're in it, the higher up the tree you're picking.
1: And exactly. Then everything exactly. else
0: becomes repeat business. Yep.
1: Yeah. The longer you stick with it, the more results you're going to get. Like that was the big, uh, that was the big light bulb moment I had when I looked back at all the people I've interviewed on the podcast. I mean, like the, you know, I've interviewed, you know, Heather and Justin Liller and Veronica Bradley and Karen Hall and you. And recently I interviewed Karen Bataille, who I think has been with us now for like five years. Diane Tharp, who's been with us for over five years. Um, someone recently I interviewed has been with us for like six, six years. I mean, there's six years. Yeah. I, I can't even keep everyone straight, but like, that's what they all have in common right? There's yeah. no one that I've interviewed who has this incredible story of like, Hey, I added $200,000 to my GCI. No one, no one who has those stories has only been with platform for nine months. Cause it frankly just takes longer than nine months. If you really want to see those life-changing results, it typically happens in your second year and in your third year, right? But like, of really course, long. of yeah. course, we're not saying, that you'll lose money up until the second year or that you'll lose money up until the third year. But like the the real big time results where it's like you see people who talk about adding 100 grand or 150 grand or 250 grand to their GCI um, more from when they started. Right. That's not happening in your very first nine months of platform. Right. Those are typically people that have been with it for two years or even three years like like you, because if your if your personal production was you said 12 million, like what was your GCI then in 2021?
0: So 12 million would like four,
1: 400,000. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's what I call life changing money. If you go from 400,000 to, you know, before you started, you were probably making a hundred thousand or less. Yeah. So, I mean now like literally in one year, you made the equivalent of four years worth of income in one year. Like, that's, that's the kind of thing that actually changes you and your family's financial future. Right. Like,
0: yeah. Like my wife's literally able to be a stay-at-home mom from, from this, from the success of what the brand has done for me.
1: That's, that's super cool, man. Well, I think this is a perfect time to end the interview because, uh, that's really encouraging. Like I kind of feel inspired just listening to you talk about that right now. So, uh, Patrick, thank you for your time. Um, I know that obviously you're busy if you're growing a team and they did 16 million last year and the goal is nearly 50 million this year. Like you're obviously a busy dude. So your time is very valuable. So thank you for investing your time in recording this podcast episode with me, uh, for all of you guys listening. I hope this uh, episode was super valuable to you. Uh, Patrick, would you be willing to just real quick share your cell phone number in case anyone has any questions? If they want to pick your brain or anything, what's your, what's your cell phone number in case, in case people want to get a hold of you?
0: Yeah, anyone, you can call me, 520-345-4947. Call and text me any questions you got about real estate.
1: Or if you know anyone who's moving to Tucson and needs an awesome realtor.
0: Hey, I love referrals, don't we all?
1: So cool, all right, thanks, thanks, Patrick, guys. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Platform Marketing Show.